talent is a commodity. Music is a product. And ultimately, you are in the service industry. You're not in the arts industry. You're in the service industry and you're providing a service. Music is very much an industry. And however you may feel about this and capitalism and all of that stuff, you've got to be a business person to succeed. Whether your metric is money or the number of streams or the number of people at your gigs or even how much you sell in merch. Hi and welcome to Big Gig Energy, a podcast by musicians for musicians, helping you get bigger gigs no matter what level you're at. I'm your host Steve Leggett and with 10 years experience as a professional musician doing everything from pubs and functions to travelling the world in a ukulele boy band, I understand that being a musician is rarely the glamorous experience people make it out to be and that building your career up to a point where you get to go pro is about the most challenging professional leap of faith there is. But I'm going to use my experience and insight and maybe a guest or two to help you activate your own big gig energy and take things to the next level, whether you're a season pro or just starting out. So let's get to it. Well, hi, and welcome to episode two of Big Gig Energy. In this episode, I'll be introducing some key concepts that will be explored in depth as the series progresses. Big Gig Energy is, of course, a concept I've thrown together as an overall goal that all musicians can and probably should aspire to, just to help them get the best from their careers and their time on and off stage. In order to help you attain it, I've developed a method that breaks down everything from building and monetizing your fan base to getting the best from every single gig. I'm going to give you a bit of an overview of how your band can fit into the music industry as a whole and exactly which aspects of business you need to be thinking about as a musician or as a band leader. It breaks down into just a few steps, but once you look at these separate factors individually, it's actually quite easy to divvy them out amongst the band and start getting some results. So the concepts that we'll look at in this episode break down as follows. The relationships with the people that booked and hired you and the audience, the product, the advertising, finances, strategy and or goals, momentum and how to apply all of this. In the rest of this series I'll then look at each of these topics in a little bit more depth, um, specifically starting from the product onwards and just do a bit of a deeper dive into each one with an episode of its own and give it the attention it deserves. Some of these may sound like easy answers but they're not. Many of them will be things bands do already but aren't doing right. It's not about how much money you throw at them but about how effective you are in actioning them. These are processes that will have to be incorporated over time and it's only by getting your attitudes and approaches right that you'll start to see rewards after a few months. So before we get started we need to consider one thing. What does a bigger gig look like to you? What is a big gig? I mean, does it mean a bigger crowd, more people in the audience? Does it mean a better fee, more merch sales, more people posting about you on social media during or after the gig? I mean, back when I was getting started, that was always a good litmus of if the gig had gone well would be if I could stalk the band and see how many people had tagged us on there or Twitter or Facebook or whatever people were using. I want to make clear that while there are a lot of ways of measuring the size or quality of a gig, I'm hoping to overall make big gigs the ones that you walk off stage from feeling like an absolute badass rock star. We need to start by acknowledging the following though. Talent is a commodity. Music is a product. And ultimately, you are in the service industry. You're not in the arts industry, you're in the service industry and you're providing a service. Music is very much an industry. And however you may feel about this and capitalism and all of that stuff, you've got to be a business person to succeed whether your metric is money or the number of streams or the number of people at your gigs or even how much you sell in merch 
So putting a musician's business hat on, how does this all break down? How do we approach this from that business angle? You know, as a musician, the world of business, you know, I'm talking grey suits and briefcases and Alan Sugar yelling at you across a boardroom table in a studio set that's pretending to be Canary Wharf. It's all a very long way from, you know, being at a gig and asking the sound engineer if they've got enough auxes for your in-ears. The secret to all of this is that businesses don't have to be any of these stereotypes. It might well be dressed up in all of that, you know, grey suits, serious nonsense, but at its core, business comes down to the exchange of money for goods or services. All businesses, to varying extents, are just an expansion of that. It all just comes down to a transaction. As a musician, every time you perform, you'll be making slightly different transactions with it's usually just two distinct entities. So you've got the person that hired or booked you, so let's call on the booker, and the audience. And you sort of build separate, quite different relationships with both of these entities, but at the same time, they're very much transactional with both. So for this, yeah, for sake of argument, let's say you're in a pub band and you've been hired to do a pub gig. And obviously, these principles will apply regardless of... Um, you know, where you're playing, who you're playing with, all these things, whether you're on your own or with a band. But generally, there'll be a booker, and there'll be the agent, the event organisation person, the, the venue, entertainment manager, or, you know, something on those lines. And the odds are your agreement with them will be financial. It'll be very much a financial agreement. You'll perform, and they'll pay you. Yeah, ideally in money, but many will offer to pay you with exposure. You can't pay your heating bill or your rent with exposure, but I'll be honest, there are times when it's not necessarily a bad thing to walk away from a gig with your uh, your petrol money, if you're lucky, and that's it. But if it leads to better things, if you can be sure there's a good enough chance of it leading to better things, it can be worth it. I mean, my band got best of all once because a guy saw us busking, so you can't always judge who's going to be at certain gigs, so... Anyway, regardless, they're going to offer you something in exchange for your performance. The audience might not seem an obvious participant in all of this, but they are in fact the end consumer. The booker is usually a middleman or a sort of wholesaler. You know, they're purchasing you to sell on to the audience who have either paid tickets to come and see you, or they might just be spending more at the bar because there's a band in and they're not going to go to the next pub until the end of the set. So the booker will usually purchase you to sell to the audience for the highest price that the audience, or the couple if it's a wedding or whatever, are willing to pay. The audience, despite being the end user, will however reciprocate with you directly, in addition to through the booker. You know, this is by seeing you, responding to you, potentially becoming or remaining fans. You can set up direct accounts with each and every audience member, really. Like, you don't know when you play a pub to a large group of people how many of them are, for example, getting married in the next year or so or planning on getting married and they might see you and get a card and for all you know you could end up playing their wedding and that pub gig could lend to a wedding where you end up getting paid triple what you're getting for the pub so it's it all links together and it all follows and it's just that thing of you don't know who's going to be in the crowd so you're very much building a relationship with the people there so when thinking about the exchange of goods or services for money it's crucial to look at the goods or services in this case the product which is your show you know this this is what it is your, your set your time on stage that is the end product that's the thing that you're selling and everything else off the stage is essentially marketing for your time on it this is why your set needs to be the focus of what you're doing and it needs to be as good as possible it's all very well having the best branding and the best social media or a really cool looking poster or whatever 
but if your set isn't up to scratch that's the ultimate product that people will take issue with and it's the thing people will feel wronged if it's not as good as they're expecting practice as much as you possibly can you've got to rehearse together if you can consider adding lights or choreography or anything like that it's all just part of getting that product as good as it can be so that you can be justified in charging as much as you can and most importantly the better the show is the more fun you will have playing it because if you get up and you know it's a good show and you know that the two sets or the three sets that you're going to play that night are going to be good then you have so much more fun playing them there's a correlation between the amount of money you get paid and the amount of fun that you have often not always you know i've played some really badly paid pub gigs with some mates that have been great fun before but a lot of the time if you go on and you're doing a professional gig and you all know what you're doing there's so much less pressure and it's so much more relaxed and it's so much more fun as a result and i would i would argue you should be aspiring to that first and foremost and if the fun happens to pay better then great but obviously for some people the priorities will be differently weighted and that's fine another thing to consider would be advertising this in my mind breaks down into two things marketing so that's to punters people that might come down to your gig this might not be your responsibility if it's a bigger gig you know if you're being hired by a theater for example they're going to be putting on all the advertising and stuff for it you know social media banners merchandise and stuff that all comes under the marketing thing and that is directly aimed at the consumer and i suppose people that come to the show as well which again the consumer and then on top of that you've got outreach which is you know arguably what you'd send to the venues to your booking agents prospective anybody that might be looking to hire you it's a very different animal to marketing on account of how advertising to punters it's going to be very much social media posts and little videos and backstage antics and all this all of the things that bands do whereas outreach is very much you want to have a promo pack this needs to be down to business you need to have a biography of the band some general information price list set list information some videos links to any notable achievements you have online you know i'm talking recorded music anything like that these are all things you'll need if you want to approach a venue for work you need to show them that you're credible and having taken the time to put together things like you know a website that's another one where not so much for the punters but for people looking to hire you you can say well i've got a website here's my portfolio effectively and it's a great way of getting the message out there of what you can do Continuing with our brief overview of the clash of titans, as it were, between the worlds of business and music, finances, of course, you think about business, usually your mind's going to go to capitalism and therefore money, and at the end of the day, we all got to keep the lights on, especially at the moment. How much to charge for a gig? It's definitely worth spending a whole episode on that at some point, but for now, it's fair to say you should be charging as much money as you can possibly afford to, and that it's always better to be the act that people can't quite afford than the act that gets a reputation for being a seven piece that will go out for tenner ahead. There's such a thing as being reassuringly expensive and suspiciously cheap and if you're too cheap people will assume you are poor quality and you might do some mates favours and you might get some people to brag to their mates about how cheap they got you and what a great deal they got on the band that are actually surprisingly good but as a long-term marketing strategy and a long-term business strategy I cannot advise against it in strong enough terms. But if you're aiming yourself at being a professional band and you're aiming for the next level, you need to charge for the level that you're playing at, if not slightly more and be willing to negotiate, not the other way around. But what you charge for gigs is just the start. Of course, there's other considerations like expenses, travel expenses, whether you set up the band as a company or whether you're self-employed, all these other things. There's so many different considerations and the bigger and the more successful you get, the more you have to think about exactly how this is all going to work out and uh, the best way to approach it, really. I would say for starters, and this applies to everybody of every level, 
if you don't already, I can't urge in strong enough terms that you have some kind of spreadsheet going on. This is just to sort of see a income and expenses type deal, you know, and you may well do this already. You hopefully do this already. But whatever level you're at, just keep an idea. So, you know, if you use taxis to get to and from gigs, make a note of how much they cost. If you get paid for gigs, make a note of what you earn. Just have a little ins and outs spreadsheet going on. And it can be really interesting to see, you know, if you are turning a profit, if so, how much. And then obviously, if your end goal is to go professional, it's a great way of assessing whether you're ready to or not. Because if you can see the last six months you've actually made enough profit to live off of, then you could potentially quit that day job. You know, you might be a bit skint comparatively, but if you want to leave it and you want to go full time as a musician and you want to focus more of your time on that and hopefully get bigger gigs and move up the food chain as it were then that's a great way of checking if you're ready to do that moving on to goals and strategies every band should of course have strategies and goals you need like any business you need to know what you want what you're aiming for and how you're planning on getting there obviously this is going to depend a lot from person to person their goals and aspirations whether it's to go full-time as a musician or to graduate from playing pubs to playing weddings any of these things there's going to be certain set ways of doing it and they're generally going to come down to the things that i've discussed in this episode and we'll discuss through the series things like getting the product right getting the advertising right pitching it correctly into the right people if you keep pushing along these lines you will progress and you will achieve more and more interesting stuff, and you will get closer and closer to whatever your goals are, you will get closer to them. The trick is to set goals that are realistic enough that you can actually achieve them, but that are also challenging enough that they're worth achieving. And when you get that balance right, the payoffs are immense. But of course, when this all comes together, momentum is the ultimate goal. You want to feel that every gig you play was bigger than the one before it. You want to be moving on and up every single time. You want to come off the stage knowing it was the best performance you've ever given and that it was the best gig you've ever played. You want to have had the most fun. Ideally, you want to be paid the most money. And when you start to build up momentum, when everything starts to come together, you reach a point where that is very much the case. And of course, it doesn't go on forever. There will be times when you hit a ceiling and when you're playing the best pubs you can possibly play as a pub covers band. And you have to ask yourself, well, am I happy here or do I want to push for the next level up, which is usually weddings and functions? And if that's the case, you need to rejig a few things and you need to redo your website and redo your promo pack to aim at a very different audience. But once you target your marketing correctly, there's nothing stopping you starting to build that momentum up again. But I guess my point here is that it's not always linear and there are going to be times where it feels like you're absolutely skyrocketing and there are going to be times where you just think, well, I've just played the same gig four nights in a row. What's next? So it's about sticking with it. And when you hit ceilings, it's about recognising that and being prepared to make the tweaks that are needed to get the very best from what you're doing. So how do we apply all this? It's a few points to think about. And obviously, if you've never thought of music as a business and your place within the music industry, whether you're you know, focusing on money or not. And I should stress, if you're not bothered about money, you should still be thinking in these terms because everybody else you deal with will be. And whilst you may be very happy doing it for free because you enjoy doing it, particularly if you're an originals act, everybody else around you will be thinking in these terms and they will be leveraging it to get the most they can from you for the least on their part you know and if they're not paying you they might not bother advertising and things like this find other ways of cutting costs and it's about being able to recognize that and being able to negotiate things which are mutually beneficial if not ideally more beneficial to you that's the goal isn't it for everyone if you're the leader in your band 
I would advise you assign each band member a role within it. Have somebody on marketing, have somebody on finances. Be prepared to divvy out jobs and responsibilities so that everyone pulls their own weight and you can sort of share the responsibility around. Give it to people that you know you can trust in each role. People are going to have different skills and you just make sure you get the best from them like any manager would. As the leader of a band, you're very much a manager. And again, you just need to recognise that and embrace it and you will find you get the best out of everyone. If you're very much a democracy, keep it a democracy. Make it so that all the important decisions are voted upon and the majority is respected. And run it like that if that's easier. You know, the joy of a band is that you can run it however you fancy. If you want to run it as a social collective, that's fine. And if you want to be a dictatorship, as long as everybody's on board with that, then that's also fine. You know, I've been in a few bands of both kinds really and i've got to admit i prefer dictatorships because it's a lot easier sometimes when there is just a straight up leader who can decide what's going on and everybody can decide if they're up for it or not and if they ask the unreasonable then they will find themselves having a high turnover of band members and they will become very reasonable very quickly so it does level itself out don't know if it works on a macro level um (laughs) i'm not advocating dictatorships as a whole but in a band situation they can work and they do work it's important for there to be a leader sometimes but i think i'll leave it there it's a bit of an overview of how your band can work within the music industry you know things like having a manager within the band separate of if you have a band manager things like looking at marketing and having your product right and your finances in order organized strategic all of these things and they're mostly going to be things you're probably without realizing doing a bit of already but it's just about once you recognize this is what you need to do and once you recognize that you need to approach it like work that's when you can start seeing huge gains because that's when you when you're directing your energy in the right direction you can direct a whole lot more energy because you know where it's going and you can see the results because you're looking at what it's doing and as i say i've talked a lot about pub musicians in this episode but it does apply to everyone wherever your place is as a musician in the industry you don't have to go full bezos just see the industry for what it is no matter which part of it you inhabit so just to recap the key concepts we've looked at is the relationship you have with your booker and your audience the product the advertising finances strategy and goals momentum and how to apply all of that Next time, we're going to focus on getting the product right. So we're going to really zoom in on the whole product side of it. I've touched on it, but there's so much that can be said about it. And I'm really looking forward to getting in some depth on exactly how to get the very best out of your band and yourself and your shows every time. So I'll see you then. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Big Gig Energy podcast. This is the bit where I'm obliged to fish for engagement and stuff, so you can find me on Instagram as Big Gig Energy, that's B-I-G-G-I-G-E-N-E-R-G-Y, or you can get in touch via email at biggigenergy at gmail.com. I'll uh, link anything relevant in the show notes below, but otherwise, if you've had any thoughts on this episode or would be interested in some one-to-one coaching for yourself and or your band, feel free to get in touch. Otherwise, do all the usual social media stuff, I guess, and let's keep the discussion going. Many thanks as ever to all my supporters and collaborators, and as always, best of luck with your next big gig.